everyone. Welcome back to Highly Inspired. I'm Ella. I'm Jordan. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back. Um, we've been, we're on take three, so we apologize. Um, it's been a long night. <laughs> we are readjusting to doing remote recordings again. It's been a really long time. I'm having really severe flashbacks to our wine night on a few episodes back where we kept spilling wine and we were on clubhouse and we took like three different takes and we weren't recording and basically, but we've got to figure it out now, at least I hope. So Jordan and I, we apologize that we have not been with you guys for the last two months. We've been very busy graduating college, moving out of our house in California, moving into separate states for the time being and trying to get our lives somewhat organized. So it's been. Yes, we have. I mean, not only is this episode slightly a mess as of now, but I guess recently with the podcast, it's been put on the back burner, I would say, but for good reason, because we had a lot going on with finishing school and finals and trying to be as present as possible throughout all of those, I guess, nearing end moments because you don't get that back. So um, I'm glad that we decided to do that. And um, yeah, moving what we've now learned is such a process, especially now that I I would say, oh, like that was our first adult move, like moving out of a house Mm -hmm. that wasn't with our families. It was like all our stuff. It was such a process and so exhausting in so many different ways. Um, but we're done with it now and I'm so glad because it, it, yeah, it was, it was a shit show to say the least. Yeah. And the goal was, the goal was to have our last podcast to wrap up our senior year, like in the actual house, in our studio, our kitchen, you know, you guys are very, that's where it all started. Yeah. It literally started in that room and, and you guys know the story if you've been listening and unfortunately, our evil landlord, which you might know about him from previous episodes, we'll get into the story later, but he ruined our entire move out process and totally kind of kept us from being able to do this last recording, essentially. So here we are today and we're, we're trying to make it happen for you guys. So do not complain on the YouTube channel comments. Yeah, we don't want to hear remote. it. Because we love you guys and we will never stop doing this. So just accept with what we have. Um, but yeah, Jordan, and I kind of want to start off with just kind of recapping the last few months. We have enough stories, I think, to fill a book with what we've been up to and just kind of experiencing. I think the first thing that I don't know, I kind of wanted to talk about was, I guess, fast forwarding all the way back to April when we went to Joshua Tree um, and literally off-roaded like it wasn't like we did the glamping or the nice airbnbs with the pools no like we were in full-on tents and cars and off the road for an hour plus oh my gosh yeah it's funny it's funny how um fall semester for us when california was on complete strict lockdown we I mean we tried to do things but it wasn't like we had the whole inventory of places to go and activities to do and restaurants to eat at it was very limited and then this semester we did have more stuff open but we still decided to do 
a trip that was off the grid and no connection to anything. So I don't think I really realized that at the time. But um, yeah, this trip to Joshua Tree, that was my first time there. Um, We went with a big group of friends. We um, listened to our friend's band play live for the first time since before the pandemic, which was a little nostalgic to what we used to have. But it was also like kind of a, a rebirth to normalcy to normalcy and to music because that was my first live music experience at all since before the pandemic honestly even even before that like probably 2019 so it was so refreshing um but yeah the where we stayed and how we actually lived for those two days was pretty grotesque and I just got (laughs) home and I blew out like dirt from my nose for like four or five days Yeah, I mean, it really put Coachella into perspective. It made Coachella look like Coachella experience, which was, by the way, in a crusty motel. It made that look like a four-star experience because we were pretty much in like sleeping on blankets in the dirt in the middle of nowhere. And but it was such a great experience. Like I can't remember the last time that I went camping or even when I've gone camping or when we went up to Big Sur, which was basically camping, like we still had Wi-Fi and our service and our phones and were we were we were very much in nature, but we still were connected to this digital world. And we went when we went to Joshua Tree, I felt like I was back in like the 80s when my parents grew up and you couldn't text people to coordinate and you couldn't um, call to get help. Jordan and I literally bought walkie talkies for this because we knew like, okay, what if someone's car breaks down that's behind you? What if X, Y, Z? And that ended up happening. Like people's cars, tires blew up. Jordan's car got stuck in a ditch. Like there was a lot of stuff that went into making this concert happen. And it was really funny because when the concert even came up, everyone was still nervous about COVID. I remember in like the invitation for the concert, they said like wear masks and stuff. And then once everyone was out there, no masks, hugs, like no capacity limits. We were outside beautiful like the stars I mean I can't we'll throw some pictures up but it was absolutely incredible and Jordan's 100% right it was it was the beginning of returning to normalcy and just people not stressing out about COVID and not altering their behavior and just living life and enjoying those live experiences that we had been robbed from for the last year you know Mm mm-hmm Yeah, um, obviously going off-roading, going off the grid like that comes with risk, and I think that we were all willing to take that, which is kind of what made it so fun because it just adds another level of adrenaline to the whole plan, to the whole idea. So I'm, I'm very glad that we survived. I'm glad we didn't get abducted by any UFOs because that's like where it would land. It was complete Area 51 level stuff. Um, and yeah. yeah, and my car survived. So I'm very grateful for that. But I would we, say that that whole that weekend was the start of us sort of getting into this bender mode where it was like every weekend counts so strongly right now and we need to really strategize, okay, how do we want to spend this time? Every weekend needs to have something every single day of that weekend. And even during the weekdays, if we can make it happen, needs to 
be fulfilled with as mm-hmm. much as we possibly can. So um, that's kind of coincidentally, that's when our podcast recording started to level off yes, a little. Yes, <laughs> it was pretty much right around that time that we went to Joshua Tree, coming off the tail end of our spring break trip to, we went to Catalina Island, which was just a little short ferry ways away and stayed there for a night or two, which was really awesome. But yeah, the, the Joshua Tree was definitely not the Tim Dillon lesbian household Airbnb experience where everything's beautiful. <laughs> like when we were driving out, we, I was so excited. We had like 10 cars that we were caravanning out together. I was like, great. Like I got enough water. I got enough food. Like we're ready to go. Kid you not five minutes into the journey, Jordan's car gets stuck in a ditch of sand. It was like quicksand. We wheel out of it. And luckily, luckily, this is right about when we're about to lose service. And I text in our huge group chat and I go, SOS, Jordan's car is stuck. Thank God I sent that text because our friends who go to USC whipped their asses back and came and had to tow Jordan's car out of the sand with their huge Jeep because, like, there was no way we were going to get that out. Like, they're absolutely. No, if, if he hadn't had a tow hook. There was no way my car could have gotten out unless I called AAA, which, as you know now, Ella, which we knew at that time would have been so much harder and would have wasted basically the rest of the day. So um, I am so grateful for that. And that just goes to show, I guess, investing in in a four-wheel drive, like – heavy-duty car like that is actually a good investment with those types of trips because you want to be around people who, A, know what to do. It's not just the vehicle. You got to know how to use the vehicle. And yeah, yeah, it is a skill set. And now I'm like incentivized to to learn more about it. And I want to be able to do that, um, I guess, maybe to be the hero in those circumstances because it's scary. Yeah, it was, it was, at least we were like early on and we were able to connect with the guys to come back. But my, like you said, I had to deal with AAA the next day with a different vehicle. So <laughs> which, which had a on. way worse ending. Yeah, this was a whole, oh my gosh. I mean, it could have been worse, but basically um, our friend Simon comes out in a Honda Civic, right? Mind First you. First bad decision. Yeah. Horrible Mind decision. You, like, this is an hour and a half journey off-roading to get to an unknown destination that the only way you can map it is through coordinates, right? And they just, <coughs> excuse me, they decide to come in the middle of the night. It is pitch black. It is whatever. All they have are these coordinates. They almost make it to the very, to the spot and the tire goes out. Luckily, they were able to, like, walk the rest of the way and come for the concert and stay the night, et cetera. But the next morning, I mean, I was stuck at Denny's for three hours trying to help figure it out. Yeah, literally. Yeah, anyways. But it was really fun. And shortly after that, um, our friends ended up having, like, a second concert at their house for their birthday. And that whole week gave Jordan and I this opportunity to film this film project that I've been wanting to do all year that kind of centered around all of our friends and kind of channeling that entrepreneurial spirit and how we've all kind of cross collaborated with each other. Um, I mean, we got into that a lot with the episode with, with Cam and Andres, but the film was really to highlight that. And I had never shot anything with professional 
film equipment. I mean, you guys might not realize this, but we literally shoot the podcast with an iPhone, even though it's 4K. Not this episode, but our other ones for sure. Yeah, our other ones for sure. So like Jordan and I were using a full on camera set. I mean, this camera was huge, super nice, multiple tripods. We had a mic going, we had all this gear and it was, there was a lot of trial and error at the beginning, but then once we figured out, we like got it down to a science. No, I had so much fun because A, just handling equipment like that, that you know is so nice and that can make high quality content is such a fun treat to have. Like, I I mean, thankfully we were able to have access to that stuff, but, um, uh, I think also that just the entire process of being at each location and being with our friends and sort of constructing how we wanted that vibe to be in, in, e- in each location was a different set, different whole background, uh, aesthetic. So it was fun playing around with that. And then also like us getting to work together um, on something else that wasn't podcast related. That was new. And um, I think we both just learned a lot from it. Ella, oh, yeah. you more than me, but I definitely did for the the, the yeah, we, areas we that both, I could help out in. We both learned a lot, and it was a great experience. And that, again, like, that was part of, I think, what's really important about college is it's not just about, you know, the classroom and, like, your major and your minor, but it's it's what do you want to do with your time? Like, do you want to start a podcast? Do you want to make a video? Do you want to sell art? Do you want to make a website, right? And I think that all those things sound really intimidating, like, oh, I can't do that until I have a job asking me to do that and fulfilling that. But all it takes is, like, figuring out, okay, who do I know that has this type of equipment? Okay, how do what type – how can I – what programs can I cheaply get to make a website? All these things that are the, you know, the touch of your fingertips – um, that is part of college. Like that is a huge part of it. And no school is going to tell you that it is. It's about you making those decisions and implementing those things into your life and being like, I have an idea and I'm going to actually go through and execute it. So I'd say that was a huge lesson that I learned in college and a huge like nugget of wisdom that I want to share to people and especially like any younger listeners um and it pretty much kept happening up until our last moments with this film which was really awesome mm-hmm. um now that you just said that Ella, it kind of takes yeah. me it takes me back to thinking so we what Ella and I have been talking about a lot especially with the last semester and what we realized through being back out in the world and doing fun things and, and socializing um, is that you you do really have to like curate moments sometimes and those if curated properly and, and planned properly and and anticipated and and put like effort and energy into them. Um, those are the moments that you really remember a lot. But it also kind of goes, I think that same theme plays a role in what you just said about like professional outlets and giving yourself opportunities to build certain skills. You can't just wait around for um, opportunities to like appear to you and come out of thin air you kind of have to go out and find it and you have to curate those opportunities to grow those skills too so I think that they kind of mirror each other in a very similar way where if you put the effort in and you plan and you strategize like Mm -hmm. you can not only benefit and grow your skills but it's the same way with like going out and socializing and having fun events that you'll remember forever it's it's totally it's doing and not being passive and a really 
great example of that. And being, it can be spontaneous too. Like it can be spontaneous, but if it is spontaneous, you have to do it right then and there. You can't wait around. Um, and one moment of that was, I think it was the beginning of May and Tim Dillon tweeted LA tonight. And mind you, this is like, still like the heat of like California is still not reopened at least to my knowledge fully so this is like okay like are comedy stores open there like what's going on like this kid Tim just moved to Texas and through you know he moved to Texas with the intent of doing comedy there because it's open there and California is a dead zone so I'm like okay what's happening so I I do I do a little internet research and I find out that Tim and some other comedians, um, Bill Burr, um, some other guys are doing a show in LA. And I immediately ask um, my boyfriend, like, do you want to go? Like it was on his birthday and we drunkenly bought tickets like within seconds and we just made the decision to go. And then that later that night I was with our friend Kimber and I was like, dude, you got to like, look at this lineup. Like you have to come. And he went. And when we got there, I, I kind of, at the end of the semester, I re fell in love with Los Angeles, which was kind of a weird experience because I had been really um, bearish on California specifically areas like Los Angeles. And I still think that there's a lot of work that the city needs to do to get out of this slump that, that it's been in with COVID and what Newsom's done and all that. But I was really, I kind of had a rebirth of my love for that city in that last month. And it started with going to this comedy store where no one was wearing masks. Everyone was close together. Everyone was laughing. Everyone was ready to move on. And and it was young people and people were ready to go out. And I, it was another one of those moments like the Joshua tree thing where I kind of was like, Hey, this is something that is so pre COVID. And it felt like a little bit of that, normalcy returning and I realized that Jordan and I had talked about we aren't several like a long time ago like almost a year ago now that we aren't going to have this moment where everything just gets to be reopened and the gates of heaven are reopened and we're back to what it's like we're going to have these small mini battles where we we win and there was another moment yeah like when we were at Albertsons there was another moment like that and that's what this is and so seeing those little wins was a great way to finish off the school year as well especially being in California it's funny you say that about changing your perspective on LA as of right now because one of our most recent episodes was just completely (laughs) bashing LA and hey we can change our opinions as we as we grow and as we keep um, revisiting um, experiences in places like LA, um, Orange County, Arizona, um, because yeah, when you don't live in a place twenty four seven, and you go and can revisit it with a different perspective, like you're analyzing it from that, like from what you're seeing and viewing at that moment. Yeah, and that's the thing is like I never, as much as I am naturally I think I am more stuck in my beliefs I've been trying so hard this year to not be like that and be open to understanding way more perspectives um that I never even thought that I could have and so I think you're right by being like okay I right now in this moment in time I think California sucks and then to relook at it six months later and to be like, okay, well maybe parts of it weren't as bad or to be like, Oh, I'm a hundred percent in. I want to move to Texas, New York and California. They're never coming back. 
you know, it's it. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. It, it's gonna always be shifting, and you have to always look at it with a new set of eyes. So it's really nice to be able to do that. Tim absolutely killed it. I'm gonna give him a shout out right now. If you have the chance to see him live, please do. I'm now. I basically am following him because I lived in California when he lived in California. Now I moved to Texas, and I was so excited to see him at some like local shows here. Unfortunately. He's coming back to California. Maybe I'll have to chase him. I don't really know. But <laughs> wait, that is funny. Great. Yeah. Well, he was he was in Austin. You're you're in Houston, but still, you, still you totally. Still, I was thinking I was gonna like drive over there for the night and see a show. Um, I almost went to a San Antonio show this weekend, but I was like, oh, we have all summer. Like he's gonna live here now. I listened to his episode, his announcement episode yesterday, and. He said he's not moving out right away, that he's going to be on tour and then he's planning That's on true. moving at least some, at some point this year. But that could be promising, like maybe yeah. uh, wh- while he's there, like in downtime and not doing, um, not Shows. being on tour, he could maybe be there. Yeah, that would be really cool. We'll see. I you mean, might not be there, though, which is kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, regardless, I did get to see him. Um, I did get to see him once which was awesome. And I'm grateful for that. So that's that. Yeah. Um, but then what else, what else did we do? I did try Jordan. to go, by the way, I just want to let the audience know. I tried yeah, once, did. once Ella told me their plan, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to try to find tickets there. They were already sold out. I even like it's bought, sold out like in I bought the $50 wait list fee too, just to see, because I, I actually knew that it, I mean, you don't, um, get to travel the country to go f- follow someone. And I felt like that was the best, honestly, probably opportunity that I would get to maybe go. Yeah. See yeah. He'll be back though. He'll, he's going to be in Irvine at the end of the month. And then when he moves to California, who knows, but yeah, um, yeah that was awesome. And I don't know, kind of the next, I feel like the next big event was this. We went on a boat because we live by the water and we did it for Jordan's birthday. Um, well, a month yeah. before her birthday. Yeah. I can I can explain the the reasoning behind that. I I have a summer birthday and I actually just celebrated my actual birthday a couple of days ago. But throughout all of college, when everyone goes away home to, for the summer and out of Orange County, out of like the Chapman vicinity, I was never able to celebrate my birthday with anyone, and that was sad because um, I, I'm not someone who really cares that much about birthday stuff. But I feel like the group that we sort of curated at school and and never getting to have at least one celebration for it always made me like frustrated. So I was like, this year we're changing that. Now it's open. My friends want to do stuff. So we got a speedboat, which was an upgrade from the Duffies that we (laughs) routinely got for like years. But um, it was one of the best days I've ever had in my entire life. Like and Ella, I know you can agree because we talked about this, but yeah. um, I, I don't say that all the time. I feel like this particular day slash that moment and and having been so cooped up last year and not, and you, I mean, you couldn't have done that in California. I'm pretty, pretty sure even like the private boat owners weren't doing stuff like that where you could rent. Um, no. So all the stars aligned for this one and um, there really weren't any caveats except I got thrown off. I got thrown off the boat. It was pretty much my own fault. It wasn't like someone pushed me, but I was like trying to get to like the bow of the boat to like take a photo or to say hi to some of our friends. And there was a lot of wake when we had anchored 
and this one like wave totally pushed the boat like way har- way harsher than off. it normally did but i like had my hand on this pole and like in my other hand i had like a drink and my oh, phone my phone was out. in my pocket i flew off kind of like jesus christ the water <laughs> and then um my phone just totally slipped out of my pocket fell to the bottom of the sea Jordan, what does this remind us of? It, rem- it reminds me of the Post Malone night. Yep. That was the same motion. Like, I kind of had PTSD. It was the same yeah. arm, too. It was the same arm. I, you'll, I mean, we don't. I don't know if we saw this episode up, but Jordan, our freshman year, first semester of college, we went to a Post Malone concert. It was really intimate. There was maybe less than It was like a club. Like, it wasn't it was a, like a club. venue. It wasn't like a venue. And so Jordan was short, and she wanted to see Post Malone. And so she decided to get up on a chandelier and, like, a, like with, one, like, two drinks in one hand, chandelier, hand in the other. I was trying to get and, a video. <laughs> I had, like, three oh, was, bottles in my hand plus my phone <laughs> and my fingers. There was a lot going on. Anyways, long story short, the chandelier fixture broke and she fell down. I fell easily table. 10 feet, 10 feet because this light fixture was like supporting all of my body weight at that point. And it was yeah. like slow motion that like see a song like flying from the chandelier. I completely flew on my back on top of a table that was like a privately bought table. Like I know they spent a lot of money on it. And meanwhile, since I had the drinks in my hand, I spilled beer on the tops of all their heads. <laughs> and they just like looked at me as I fell and started cursing at me, calling me like the worst things I've ever been called before. And then yeah. I got like a bouncer light um, shined on my face, like telling me to get out. And I got thrown out. <laughs> Ella, you know that story. I wish you could have seen yeah, it. But honestly, the, the boat, that like motion of me falling it was the same exact thing it's really funny because I consider myself to be like the more clumsy out of the two of us and I did the same thing like I had my phone in my pocket and I walked to the front of the boat and I I don't know if it was because there wasn't like a huge wake when I did it but I was literally right before you Jordan when you did and I Mm -hmm. ended up hopefully I, I hope it's not your bad luck flaring up again. We should not go. No, on. that was just an unfortunate wave that hit the boat, and I just didn't have enough like grip on my hand. I don't know, but I had to. I had um, Apple Care, oh. so I was able to get a new phone, and uh, that was the only phone that I lost in the last two years. My freshman and sophomore year of college, I lost like three or four. Not even kidding. Um, through thefts and music festivals, but I I was on a roll, so I need to keep the roll up, except for that one little hiccup. But yeah, yeah, fortunate. no, that was really funny. Um, and then later that night, we were all like very just tired and delusional, and we ended up back at our friend's house. And Jordan decided to um, start our own acapella group. Yeah, um, I, I don't think you could call it acapella if it's a solo, <laughs> but <laughs> I think I, my solo acapella. Oh my gosh, she! I'm not attaching driving. any videos of that, but we are attaching a video. It's so funny. Jordan was keeping this in our entire guy friend's house up till like two a.m. with her screaming into a well, microphone and making like beatbox noises. I was be- <laughs> 
And I don't even remember. I truly don't remember because I was sitting there. I had no phone. wasn't like I could call an Uber. I was kind of like up the, up to the discretion of everybody else that I was with. And um, my mind you, my like kneecap was also like fully scraped because when I got off the boat, I was so hammered that I like fell and on the concrete, like my knee got fully scraped. And so when we got back and I was just sitting there, like blood was just like rolling down my leg. And I say this because I am not a mess. I really am not like that all the time. But I think that certain days like that where you're just, you don't even care what the casualties are. You're just gonna do you, enjoy it. And honestly, It was completely worth it. But I did annoy you guys with singing like that. And I'm so sorry, no, especially I, to like not- Matt, who I know didn't <laughs> deserve to have to listen to that for like two hours because I don't even really remember it. I was definitely I think he actually got a kick out of it. I fell asleep. I was like, this is I'm just going to peace out. I don't (laughs) don't even think you made the decision to fall asleep. You just completely passed out. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, this was, okay. This was the first, this was the last day that Jordan and I were a hundred percent. We're not going to get into all of our theories about it because we don't want people to think that we're weirdos or conspiracy theories, but basically Jordan and I got really, really sick. Unfortunately, after this whole boating experience, which was so frustrating because we went this entire year living our lives, not really following the COVID stuff. I stopped wearing my masks in California. Like I just completely stopped because I, I mean, but when Biden was saying this in the CDC, we're like, no more masks, people are vaccinated, et cetera. I didn't understand like why, why is California still locked down with the mask? I was just done. So Jordan and I kind of stopped wearing our masks, but we this whole year have been going out, living our lives, on planes, traveling, etc. This is actually the only semester that I didn't take a plane. Before that, during COVID, I was traveling all over Europe, traveling all over the US, doing all these things, and never got sick even once, even with the cold. And after this boat experience, where we're only with 10 of our closest friends, we're outside, beautiful sunshine the entire day, vitamin D. Jordan and I and our kind of our entire friend group got this weird illness that wasn't no one would got it wasn't COVID no one tested positive for COVID but it wasn't like a normal cold either and it was so frustrating getting it this last month of school where you're supposed to be doing finals and ending on a strong note with your with your with your grades and wrapping up like any internship that you're doing and doing all these social things and we were just completely out of commission for about at least two weeks. Yeah, I had been, I was out of commission like very, very severely for like four days. And I remember like three of my most important presentations that I had been preparing for ahead of time. I, when it came to those days that I actually had to do it, I sounded horrible. I was completely hoarse. Um, couldn't breathe out of my nose. And I haven't felt like that since before the pandemic. I never got COVID. I never had COVID even during the most um, peak times in Arizona and in California. And then throughout all this past semester, the most that I'd ever done being busy 24 seven, going out multiple days a week, going on trips every other weekend, like it was, it was a lot and I still hadn't gotten sick. So for us to be to for us to get that cold when we did at the most inconvenient time um, for everything else with school wise, 
it was really frustrating. And yeah, it kept us up for multiple nights, just like talking about how exactly that happened. And I'm never, I'm not even a hypochondriac. Ella, you aren't either. Normally we wouldn't freak out over something like that, but it definitely raised a lot of red flags. It was just really, it was, it was frustrating. And we were kind of like the only ones that had that at that time. Um, and a lot of our friends didn't. So we were confused. Well, no, actually our friends. So this is the thing is that our friends did. So actually a few of our friends did not. Um, and then we found, I started finding out that like people had been starting to get this. Right. So like what I found out was like, Oh, like we, we found out that a lot of people actually were having this. Um, and we didn't, we thought that we were all alone. And then we started having conversations with people and I was like, Hey, like, why are you coughing? Like, why are you, why are you like, why do you sound weird? You know? And then we'd find out, Oh, I I'm getting over this illness or, Oh, I just have this illness. And everyone had this cold and no one except for really me and Jordan and a few other friends thought it was even remotely weird that we were all getting sick. And I don't even to this day know what it was. I don't know if people's immune systems were down because the world was reopening. I don't know if there's a different strain. I don't know if, you know, the, with the vaccine, people have side effects and they're more run down and they're getting people sick to this day. I don't know. And it was weird because, and I'm we're not talking about this to complain. I'm actually talking this from like a point of curiosity. And and actually, if, if yeah, you guys too. have had this, please comment in the YouTube sections or comment on Instagram because I'm actually trying to kind of get a better sense of who's had this and kind of what age group and stuff. Um, and we'll kind of run through the symptoms as well. But I talked to my friend at Santa Clara and they all had the same thing. Talked to my friend at U of A, they all have the same thing. Talked to my friend at Syracuse, they all have the same thing. So all these colleges are having this weird illness simultaneously and no one, like the, the health centers aren't identifying it. It's not strep, it's not the flu, it's not COVID. And to this day, it was it was very strange because I didn't even know how to treat it. I mean, I took zinc and vitamin D and a lot of supplements, but there wasn't any antibiotic. There wasn't any sort of Z pack or whatever. Um, I think that if I were to go even to an urgent care, they would have looked at me like they didn't, they wouldn't know how to fix it because it just felt so uncharted. I don't know. It it kind of felt like a head fog. And then um, just like a weird, it started with a weird sore throat and then it was this, these head fogs that you would get and then your voice just completely went away and then it was a intense cough. Um, but like, yeah, like I said, no one was testing positive for COVID. So it was really strange. Yeah. I had, I had a little bit different than Ella, but yeah, definitely same with the throat and then the head fog. And then I just felt very, fatigued. I I didn't feel like myself and I had a cough for a little bit, although it did go away eventually. Um, and yeah, it it was like every single person that I would come across, it was like, wait, yeah, I've had that. I'm coming, I'm getting over something too. And then it just like this light bulb flies up on the top of my head of like, oh my gosh, yeah, same. Okay. Let's talk about it. Let's try to figure this out. And I'm sure with now the vaccine, Um, with so many people having got the vaccine by now, I think that there's just a lot of immune system variations that are happening across all of America, across the world, because um, that's what happens when not only of a new virus 
faces us, but then the vaccine, it's like uh, the next step and the, and the of way the all of our immune systems yeah. having to readjust to what's happening. So I yeah. think that that was, that's, that seems like the most reasonable and logical, I guess, explanation for what we dealt with. We're totally good now. Um, but yeah, it was very, it's a weird feeling um, sitting there and, and thinking, even if I did go to a doctor they wouldn't 100% explicitly know how to prescribe me right now. They wouldn't know what to say. And that's scary because it's so uncharted. And and even like Ella, I think that you and I know a good amount about health. Like you and I have been through things that have taught us about immune system and have taught us about proper health care. Although, yeah, you could argue that there's no perfect like green light <laughs> like regimen yeah. for any person because we're all so different. But yeah, I... I I was scared because I was like, I don't 100% know what to do. I'm just trying to like listen to my body. I know what I can eat or what I shouldn't eat or what supplements to take. But beyond that, yeah, Jordan, like you don't yeah. have full control. No. And I felt what's crazy is, and obviously everyone's going to feel different because everyone health has become somewhat subjective and everyone has a different, um, health background and history and age and all that stuff. But for me and my health, I had worked so hard. Like Jordan mentioned, we both worked so hard to get our immune systems on track. And I had a really strong faith in myself that I could through this entire pandemic. I was like, I know I can fight off COVID. Therefore I am not going to be fearful of living my life and smiling and seeing people's faces and hugging my friends and experiencing the world because you don't want to miss out on those moments. I don't, I don't want to miss out. I don't even want to miss out on a day. Like the fact that we were willing to give up a year plus still we're going through this. Like absolutely not like early twenties that we'll never get back. Steve Jobs, I mean, he said, live every day like your last day. And if we were to have listened to that during COVID, like I, we wouldn't have gone through what we wouldn't have given up what we had given up. Right. And so I was not going to do that pretty much by May. I wasn't going to do that. And you can go back and listen to Jordan, Jordan's episode on, um, on that and our opinions. But so this whole year I wasn't scared. I wasn't scared of getting sick. I was confident that I could figure I could handle COVID and that my body would be able to fight it off. And here I was getting this illness that I can't even identify. And I was finally scared for the first time in this entire pandemic process. And that was so crazy to me. Maybe it gave me some perspective to people that actually were more at risk with COVID. and, And it was very interesting, but it was, it was very interesting to be in that position where finally after all this time that we're supposed to be reopening we're supposed to be re embracing people and, and getting back to normal that now all of a sudden I'm scared. And Jordan and I took a week off of, of pretty much doing anything. Like, I can barely have enough muster up enough college or, you know, enough energy to do these presentations. And we didn't go to the bars during our last week of finals. And when everyone was celebrating the end of college, we saved our energy and we saved it for this night called, um, it was, it was at this tiki bar 
that we had done this event a year prior called Freaky Tiki that was one of my favorite nights in college. Um, and we've talked about it on this podcast so many times. Yeah, which been- was a risk that we went out that night, but we yeah. we weighed the pros and cons. We were like, you know what? We sat out last night and this is our last weekend before finals. We have to do this. And I had a little voice in the back of my head that was like, ah, this isn't perfectly the way that I wanted it to be, but I have to because I'll regret it and I will feel horrible if I don't. Um, but I didn't even want to be in that position. I didn't even want to have to have that voice in my head because before before coming down with that cold, which I guess that cold is only word that we could call it since we don't even know what it is. Um, that was the only time that I had felt nervous and scared, um, before like any other time in COVID I hadn't at that level before, maybe like the very first week, but like that was it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I definitely so was a bummer. past May, I didn't feel that way anymore. Um, yeah, so it was a bummer. And luckily, we got we got out of it. And once we were starting to feel better, we went to this this tiki bar. It was another uh, Nomo event, which was really fun. Um, and we got to hear our friends perform live, not only in an outdoor <laughs> remote venue, but in an actual indoor venue where yeah. we're all close together and we're all spilling drinks on each other and there's mosh pits going on and it was awesome like it was sick to it's like the, the best it was the best <laughs> indoor show that i've been to of theirs and uh you and me like i was very front row and yeah. i was just taking it all in um i actually ended up getting a little bit more intoxicated than I was planning on. Um, I got sucked into doing tequila shots with this bartender lady that I, <laughs> she was working her actual ass off the entire night. And I went up to her at the very end when people were like rolling out and I just was like, I have to thank her. And I went up to her and I was like, you're working so hard. Thank you. Um, I appreciate this. I hope you had fun like listening to the music and stuff. And so we kind of got in this little convo and then she was like, you know what? I need to give you some tequila. And I was like, okay, thank you. Uh, I thought she was kidding. She actually went to the back room and got this like hidden tequila. It wasn't hidden. It was like unopened. So I wasn't like she put anything in it. I would have made sure of that. But um, she poured me two tequila shots and then poured herself two tequila shots and was like, here, these these are on me. These are on me. Here you go. And after like talking to her and all that, I was like, okay, I just have to. Um, And they were free. So I wasn't going to say now pour them out. But um, I did that. And that's what just sealed the deal for me that night. I'm happy I did in a way. But like also I wouldn't have done that on my own volition. And this is where we get. And I think I prefaced this a little bit earlier. This is where we got to our guard dog dying, unfortunately. (laughs) So before... Okay, well, before you think that Jordan's a crazy person, this dog is a fake dog. So his name is Bones. Was. was a fake dog. His name is Bones, and he is like a little skeleton wiener dog that's like a, a Halloween costume. He's not like. He, he was a skeleton wiener dog that I stole from the movie theater when it was Halloween time. They had all these decorations up. Jordan, you and it was like on the ground. Yourself. Hey, hey, I'm just the people want to know the background details. So I'm throwing it out there. We took him and from that night, he he sat on our front porch on one of our pillars, like facing the street as in like he was the guard dog before you get onto our porch and enter our house. So 
out of all of the theft scandals that we've had with car break-ins or Joker mask people running on our street, and we lived next to a we lived next to a juvenile delinquent school <laughs> called the Friendly Center. <laughs> called the Friendly Center. Out of all of that stuff, Bones lived. No one ever stole Bones. He was there probably because he was just so ugly. No one ever wanted to take him. Um, but his death was, so was that freaky tiki night a couple weeks ago. Um, and I'm the culprit. I was the murderer. <laughs> I can't even tell the story. I'll let you tell the story. Okay. Well, I'm going to start from when I woke up. So I got, I, I think I must have, I, I don't know. I'm, I got, I came home in the morning <coughs> and I see bones literally dismantled like it's not just like someone dropped him and he, he fell apart or no he is torn apart limb by limb by limb decapitated and I, and I I turn I think my boyfriend dropped me off or something and I turn to him and I pick him up and I go like what is happening who did and this I, and I come in and I talk to our other roommate and I'm like I'm like we have an enemy like someone's out to get us <laughs> This like, is a sign. All, this is a bad omen. And no, and it was because Jordan and I threw one of our like first pregames that we had thrown in a really long time because of COVID. We hadn't been hosting people. And I'm like, this is it. Our evil neighbor who always rats on us is retaliating against us by destroying our guard dog. Like this is the only logical explanation. So I'm having a freak out because I'm like, okay, people that destroy animals or dolls or toys that's a sign of being um, a sociopath so i'm like who is a sociopath that's out to get us wait did you do so this I, research in that meantime or did, had no, you already I known just that no i just know my mom told me i was never allowed to hang out with kids that like destroyed toys or like tortured animals Interesting. so i'm like telling my roommate like a sociopath is out to get us so i come up to check on jordan and she's kind of asleep and really dead and i go jordan someone killed bones and she's like i think it was me i and think like, keyword on i think i didn't know I yet it was still up in the yet. air it was still up in the air so then i send a text out to our friends and i go does anyone know what happened to bones last night and our friends are like, oh, do we know what happened to Bones? So, Jordan, do you want to tell the rest of the story or should I? Well, so, yeah, after I got up and I honestly, once you came in and asked me that, I instantly like got up. I was like freaking out. Um, but um, one of our friends sent a screen recording of a FaceTime call in which I was a participant of. <laughs> and and um, it was a long video. It started off with me and one of our friends who actually was the one to drive me home. And we were just out in the street, like talking and whatever. Um, it then transpired into me holding my phone like I was I was a FaceTimer from my phone. Um, and I walked out on the porch and I think that my like subconscious brain saw bones and was like, Ooh, this is fun. Like I'm going to show like my friends, this is bones. Well, after doing that, um, something happened where I just decided to kick it. Like I drop kicked it into the middle of the street. And then I think it just really entertained me. And so, um, I continued to kick it in all different directions, like fully taking its tail and like whipping it to the tarmac. And then, so <laughs> Jordan's then, not crazy, I promise. No, I'm not an aggressive it was drunk. I am I am a respectful person. The bartender I, put something in the tequila. 
maybe that was. I saw her open a new one, so maybe she like resealed it or something like that. But um, like five minutes in to me beating bones to the ground, I think it was P-Safe or the police, not 100% sure. It probably was the police because P-Safe was definitely off duty by then. Um, pulls up and I'm still just like beating up bones. And then the guy's like, are you going to bed? Are you okay? And I'm I'm completely alone at this point. Like my friend had left. So I'm just like on FaceTime with my friends. I think that's why I was like staying out there alone, which was not safe, but... Um, I then proceeded to like get into a conversation with the cop. I was talking to the cop for like 10 or 15 minutes. And meanwhile, all of our friends are on the other line, like hearing this phone call (laughs) and, um, and the whole thing's on screen recording. So I'm so glad they got that. Like I would have never thought to do that, but, um, yeah, after that, I think I just went inside and then Bones Remains stayed out in the street. That's what Ella saw. Like, I didn't I didn't think to pick it up. At least I should have had the respect to do that, but I didn't. And I just went no, to they, bed, I, think. I think they did actually get picked up and some of them stayed on the street, but some of them didn't make it to the porch. And that's how I discovered it. OK, OK. See, I'm still piecing it together to this day, yeah. but I yeah. feel guilty. Like once I saw that, I was <sighs> like, what? Jordan, like, I was the one. Why did I do that? I was obnoxious. Well, RIP Bones will forever tribute, will forever have them in our hearts. Um, I guess that kind of um, brings up how, like, our landlord and his assistant would always get mad at us for having like, any decorations up. Like if we had Christmas decorations or Halloween. In our, yeah. Yeah. In they they would always said. call us out on that. But Bones, they never called us out on it. So did they just not That's see true. it? Or I, I don't true. understand. The day after the 4th of July or I don't know. It was either 4th of July or Memorial Day. We had had like flags, like patriotic U.S. flags in our front yard. And um, I'm like walking back to the house and I see our landlord with him like being so rude, like telling his employees, like pointing at the flags and telling them to pick it up and throw it away. And by the way, like, literally like, throwing away to... the American flag, even though there yeah, are many you're ones supposed to burn them. You're supposed to burn them. You can't just toss them. So. I come up and I'm like, yo, yo, like, what are you doing? Like, you can't just be, he's like, you're not allowed to have decorations. It's in your lease. So that's just a preface. <laughs> that's who we're dealing with. We're dealing with anti-Christmas, anti-patriotic, anti-Halloween man, evil, scary man. Who, Honestly, anti-woman man too. <laughs> yeah, he's horrible. And he was like the reason part of that whole fiasco with the moving out process was for the reason why we didn't get to record on our last day. But anyways, we will get into that at a later date. Yeah. Well, I guess we could talk about the move a little bit because yeah, it started, I mean, we were the first ones out of our friends in in circle at Chapman to like start moving and mind you our house has always been the absolute cleanest like truly we moved into a a newly remodeled house that had like not even a scratch on the wall so we always knew from day one when we moved in there that we had like a lot of responsibility that we were signing up for in terms of taking care of the house and making sure that it was always clean because it's it had the type of interior design that um 
you couldn't have a messy house. It just would have looked horrible. Like it was very, it was very small. And we yeah. always just came to the conclusion that um, we wanted to make it a home. And by that you have to have it clean and, and comfortable. So we started early, but we still like for 10 days, every day was like another thing that we had to do. Another thing we had to coordinate, going to get spackle materials from Home Depot and then paint and then do the stuff. And then, um, make sure that we had all of like the mover stuff coordinated. It was, it, it's like every second that I thought we were done, we weren't done. And oh, there no. was just more stuff that kept getting added on. And then all the way up to the final day where we were supposed to have our actual final walkthrough, getting shot down like that by our landlord's assistant at 8 a.m. in the morning after we had actually gotten an hour and a half of sleep was just like like the cherry on top. I was so done. I was completely done. Yeah, Jordan and I got back at 4 a.m. that night, like having our last night with our friends, and our landlord's coming at 8 a.m. And so I'm thinking, okay, like as long as we have everything like packed up for the most part. Okay, mind you, we were selling a lot of our furniture to the girls moving in because our house was like not even furnished. And by not furnished, I mean like we bought the refrigerator and the washer and dryer everything in this house I so, of it. so we're like selling them all this stuff and um our landlord or our landlord's assistant comes and immediately she's like i'm not even gonna start the home inspection until you get all this furniture out i'm like what are you talking about she's like i need the fridge out i need the wash and dryer out. i need all the cabinets. you didn't inspect for leakage in the back <laughs> i need your i need your my bed frame who i'm selling to the girl who's moving in um, she's like, I need that disassembled, taken downstairs, and then you can bring it back up so I can check the hard war- the wood floors are intact. And I go, can't we just move the bed over, check, look under the bed, move it back, check, we're good to go. No, that wasn't good enough. So <laughs> Jordan and I were like, I don't know what this woman expected because it was 8 a.m. We had, we were paying for our house until the end of the day. So we had like the entire day to like move the last few boxes out of the house and we were selling the furniture. So I don't know what she thought we were going to do. She didn't so care. After, like after negotiating with her and whatever, we're like, fine, come back at six and we'll get the movers. We'll get everything out. We'll do it your way so we agree and the movers are like three hours late on us so we're literally not done with this entire process until um 9 p.m the next day and she had shot down we had like we had touched up the paint we had like spackled we had done a really good job and she just shut down everything like every we fixed the blinds she wasn't having it um, yeah she pushed she pushed back on everything and she didn't give us a single thank you for all the work that we did not that we needed that but um we did a lot and we paid for a professional cleaning company to come because he wanted to make sure the floors and even the walls that weren't getting repainted were like completely spotless that turned out to be a waste of time and money because then they are now charging us for their cleaning so it was 
a result of like a lot of miscommunication. And I think honestly, the biggest miscommunication with that was that she didn't explicitly tell us that everything had to be out of the house by the time of the final walkthrough. She was trying to do it like five days before our move out date. How could we have, was she expecting us to stay in a hotel for five days without any beds or mattresses or um, food? Like, I don't, I don't get what she was um, meaning by that. But at the end of the day, yeah, it pushed us back so that we had the walkthrough at the very last minute. And then I was just done. I was already in drove, Texas. Drove home. And honestly, mm-hmm. I really wanted to have like one final day where I didn't have to deal with, deal with the walkthrough and that I could just really sit and reflect and enjoy it. Maybe do like a champagne toast and say goodbye and then like be in my feels on my car ride home. But I didn't get that. I It kind of like riled me up and it bummed me out and it had drained me so much emotionally that like that drive home was like kind of not what I thought it was going to be. I wanted to have that like happy, reminiscent, um, emotional like mindset on my drive home, but I didn't. I kind of had like a slightly salty and um, kind of fed up, I'm ready to get out of here. <laughs> fed up yeah. mood. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to sound I, like a brat, but yeah, that that, no, that was no. the reality of it. Yeah, it's it's fine and it's all good. Like I, it all it all we all we all survived, and it, it's not the end of the world you know, I don't want you guys to think that we're complaining, but it is kind of a funny story because it kind of explains why we didn't get to do that last podcast because we had this whole kind of idea of how we wanted it to be in our last day in the house and kind of ride off that, that good, emotional, happy energy. And it just, it wasn't there because the day started off so badly and our landlord had different expectations than what we had expected. So um, it all worked out and it's all good. We're now waiting patiently for our security deposit back which gosh i mean you guys seen you've seen our house like you've seen in the video it's it's pretty clean like you've seen that they've seen the kitchen at least for sure yeah yeah so that was where it all started there's so much um tie of us with that house because a this podcast might not have ever been a thing and like elena's friendship might not have been what it is today because like obviously being roommates, you know, for anyone who's ever had a roommate before, you get very close to them and not only in like a fun social friendship way, but also in like a cohabitant way because you learn how the other person lives and like, yeah, we went through a lot and and I think moving also taught us a lot in terms of communication and like how to actually gauge your expectations when you're dealing with people who aren't really that cooperative. So I now know like for the next time how to read my landlord, how to read the communication tactics and the responsiveness. And honestly, it's a red flag if your landlord or his assistant like don't even know how to spell and use proper grammar because that's what we dealt with. And it turned out to be kind of um, a very telling factor in terms of like their communication and like expectations. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I don't think, I don't think she ever sent a single text where one word wasn't misspelled. Like every, there was always some horrible grammar issue. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like my biggest red flag was when we first were getting the house, they, we had sent, we had wired the security deposit over. We had signed the lease and they tried to say that it was invalid because they wanted to go with um, someone who paid up front. No, you can't do that. You can't let us wire you money and have us sign a contract and then say it's invalid. Like I took I took business law 
one I took one business law class and that's a valid contract buddy so like we should have we'd kind of knew from day one like once that whole thing happened it was like a war with this landlord like by the end Jordan and I thought that we finally had won his respect by maintaining the house so well by fixing it up by hiring this professional cleaning crew putting life into it putting like so much life into it putting furniture like literally putting a refrigerator in this house um and at the end of the day it's just it's sad when something's just business on the other end because for me that really was a home and for me I I have so many memories there and I, I still can't even process the fact that I won't be returning there in August. I, th- I don't think that it's hit me that there's other people that live there and that my room doesn't look like how it does. Um, it and, hasn't hit me yet either. Yeah, and I don't know when it will or if it ever will or if I'll just move on to the next thing. And that's the weird thing about ending these these chapters in your life is that it, it's you know it's all about this beautiful marriage between – the past, the present and your future. Right. And you don't want to give too much weight to any of them. Um, some days you're going to be way more focused on the past. So like when you're moving out and you're in a very reminiscent mode and you're, you're sharing memories and you're, you're crying with your friends and you're welcoming in those flashbacks (laughs) into your head. Exactly. And you're going through photos and videos. Um, and then some days you're going to have very present moments, right? Like us in Joshua tree with no technology and just being there with our friends and our people and the music and the environment. Right. And then you're gonna have these moments where you're focused on your future. Like right now I'm in future mode and it's, it's stressful. I mean, I have this internship and I'm readjusting to like the nine to five thing right now. And I'm in a a new city temporarily. I'm in Texas, new culture, new weather, new living environment, not living with Jordan in my own space. I'm living again with family. So it's, it's a lot to kind of make sure that you don't get too in your head in one of those places. And it's great to visit those, but you don't want to stay in them for too long. You have to figure out how to marriage them together because ultimately planning for your future ensures a beautiful present, which then um, allows for great memories to be had. So that's kind of the goal. Like you have to kind of look at it like that. And I think I've been someone who gets stuck in the past or the the future. And I never really taught myself how to be in the present and, um, college taught me that. And I'm, I'm really grateful. Sorry for that rant. I just, that college, was random, college definitely taught me that. And I, I would argue this semester more than any of the other ones too, because the pandemic really shut down so many of our future p- plans and everybody understands that now. Um, because yeah, you, you never know what tomorrow holds, but um, being able to sort of get back to somewhat of a normalcy after that really just solidified, oh my gosh, I need to be in the present as much as possible. I know that my college days are finite, so I'm going to try to like live this while I have it. Um, but yeah, I'm in the same boat right now. Um, now that it's summer and that we don't have that anymore, I'm trying to strategically look at my future and still not like dwell on it and not dwell on my past either. But I think that 
I'm trying to get better at it because I'm in a totally uncharted um, realm right now. I've never not had school. Like when you graduate and you know you're not going to go to grad school right away or whatever that is. I mean, for me, there's probably a 0.0001% chance that I go to grad school. So for me, those days are are up and I want to make sure that, I don't know. <laughs> it's just weird. It's so weird. Yeah. It is weird. But it's also exciting. It is exciting. I'm trying to get now out of like the sad mode and into the exciting mode. And I don't know if there's any other like college friends that we have listening to this or high school friends that graduated, but it is an exciting time and we should be excited for the next adventure. And I think um, COVID made it a little weird because it didn't make me super excited about um, moving to like, LA or New York and, and doing that whole scene, even though that's what I wanted for a really long time. Now I, I might be a little bit more open to at least moving back to California because I'm seeing a lot of positive trends there. Um, especially with kind of orange County being a, a driving force for that. But I just, I don't know. It's, it's like every, I feel like every, every, as we're getting back into this, this normalcy state and it's been a fight. Like I am so proud of everyone that has been fighting to get back to normal fighting for medical consent. It also seems like that we're going in the right direction with this vaccine passport. I know that's something that we talked about. Yeah. Um, it's There's a resistance. I don't want to jinx it, but I think that there's been enough of resistance for um, medical transparency and medical consent that we are moving into the direction that we're going to allow people to opt out of it if they want. Um, and so I, I, I'm seeing a lot of positive things, but there's also still a lot of uncharted stuff and we aren't fully out of this and we, are, we haven't fully uncovered all all the darkness yet so um you know you don't want to tread lightly but you also don't want to live in fear so it's like you're constantly trying to to navigate that as we're we're graduating so mm -hmm. i will say though i am i feel so much better with where things are at like economy wise and morale overall morale wise um as i look towards like the fall and this upcoming year in regards to like where I want to live and, and work and what I want to do, who I want to be around. I feel a lot better about things than I did in the fall of last year and last year's summer. Like that was, yeah. I, I, I don't, if I was graduating college last year, last May, I would have been freaking out. I would have been so terrified. Yeah. I think that now we're, we're back where we can kind of visualize things a little better and, and start to pick a path forward and, and kind of move along in that direction. And I, I kind of decided, um, and not everyone is in this position. So I'd say this with a grain of salt, but I, I had some, some money saved up and I had a, an opportunity to, uh, take an internship in Texas and something that I'm really, I've been working on you know, I was looking to get a full-time job as a real estate development analyst. And I ended up finding this internship that allowed me to be in development and investment and still do some financials, but also kind of get exposure to being more of like an assistant role. And so I get to have more exposure to like the design elements and different day-to-day kind of things. And it's been very, and it's been nice to kind of halfway transition where I like still have something to keep me busy and I'm making like an hourly wage, but I'm not fully committed to anything yet. I'm not fully like in the, the full grind and like 
can fully foresee like, okay, this is, this is where I'm living. This is what I'm doing for who knows how long. And I I wasn't ready to make that decision in May. I just, I wasn't like, I I didn't. And I'm glad you didn't try to force it either. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I think one of the best things I can give people is truly like, you don't have to have, I am someone who is like a pro, like five year, 10 year plan person, but I think that it should always be room for shifting and room for adjustment. Just like Jordan and I said about how in the last three months, like the last two months I re-fell in love with Los Angeles. Like you have to be open for that. You have to be open for things to be like, I'm totally done with this or I want to reintegrate it. And it's the same thing with jobs. Right. And so I think kind of having this, this time period where you can just be like, okay, I'm going to make the next decision for the next six months or the next year and kind of break it down into those visual pieces makes those decisions a lot easier. Um, Whereas if you're like, okay, I'm committing to this job for my whole life. Like that's way more pressure and way more more stressful. You always need to stay in that gray area of being open to new types of realizations that you're having because like I've I've given examples in the past too. I was almost not going to go back to Chapman in January or at the beginning of February because I I had some family stuff going on and I couldn't really see California getting to the place that I wanted it to be yet. Um, But there was this one day where I was like, no, I, this is my last semester of college. Um, I want to try, I want to attempt to make it what I want to. And so I didn't stay in my hometown. I went back out and after being out of this semester now, seeing how much growth and how much fun and how much joy it brought me, I could, oh my gosh. Like if I had not made that decision, no, exactly. So I I think you have to be always open-minded to knowing, oh, there is always a possibility that I'm making a wrong decision here that I'll benefit by just revisiting a decision. So yes, um, revisiting like, and, and just being so open to hearing your gut and listening to that inner voice. And again, whether it's, whether it's spiritually charged or not, I mean, for me it is, but it, it is, it is like that, that guiding voice in the back of your head, like listen to that conscience listen to what it's saying and, and follow that because that's going to lead you to ultimately being content long-term because sometimes your actual like ego and, and just your, your logical self isn't going to pick what's actually right for you. And sometimes you aren't going to fully see the plan because we think that we can see into the future and that we can visualize how everything's going to work out, but there's always that X factor. Mm -hmm. So definitely. And to go off of that a little bit, um, I do want to sort of say when I was, um, when, when it was our sophomore year after like going through some immune system decline stuff and, I don't even, a series of events, I started to be a lot less spontaneous. And I noticed that. And Ella, you noticed that in me for sure. Um, The pandemic didn't really help it either. I think it kind of put everybody in a little bit more of a control freak state for at least a little bit. Um, But actually, I think that the pandemic freed me up a lot. It, It taught me how to let go. And then that was the perfect like catalyst going into this past semester where I was really able to let go. Um, and some of the most fun moments, like even Joshua Tree of this semester, like are my favorite because they were spontaneous because I was just like, you know what? <laughs> I, 
this is all I have. I'm going to just do what I can, control what I can. Um, yeah. But like that growth within myself is something that I'll really take away from college. And I want to carry on for as long as possible because as long as you're being smart and still taking care of yourself, like you can still be that spontaneous person. You can still do spontaneous, maybe slightly reckless and stupid things sometimes, and they pan out to be so fun. Um, so you don't want to live with that, um, being regretful of it either. Yeah. No. Yeah. That That's did follow advice. along the same theme, right? I think yeah. So. That was really awesome. I love that. I don't know if I have, I feel like those are all my main words of wisdom. Um, I, I did write an entry called Curate Your Life, but I haven't published it yet. So that will kind of get into that. But that is a theme that I also kind of picked up on at the end of college and throughout my college experience, which I just, I truly believe that you, that, that we have so much opportunity in America. There's so much at our fingertips with the internet and and people the to meet. economy and people to meet and networking and LinkedIn, all these things. And I, I feel very, um, I feel very proud of myself for where I got, especially like professionally um, and with my resume. And I really like everything that I wanted to do, like I did make it happen. Like even the craziest things like living in New York, even though I didn't make it because of the pandemic, I did secure an apartment and a job. Right. And I, I made it happen to save up money to go abroad to Europe. And I made it happen so that I could go to the college of my dreams that I wanted to go to. And I wanted to do real estate and I figured out how to make that happen. So I'm a big component. in if, if you're taking the time on the front end to work through, um, and really sit in a quiet room and listen to yourself. And whether it's through journaling, through praying, through meditation, through conversations with friends, you know, just really discerning what is my vocation in life and then making action steps that are achievable over a certain duration of time. Like you can do anything. And I, I truly believe that because I've experienced that. I went into college, um, very, not very academically advanced. I struggled with reading. I found out when I was 16 that I had the reading level of a, a third grader. And obviously people have way bigger adversities than that. But I went into college thinking that I was on the dumber scale, especially book wise. And I ended up completely changing that narrative. And all it was, was a mind shift. You know, you're in a new environment and you're ready to rewrite your own life story. And it's, it's totally possible. Yes. Um, so I want well, first step is mind is mind shift. And then also putting in the work and you put in the work, like anything's possible when you put in the work sometimes and, and, and thinking yeah. proactively and taking steps proactively instead of just doing it, like shooting from the hip all the time, like it can definitely pay off. Yeah. And that's even what this podcast was. Like I, I mean, Jordan, you can kind of go next, but I, I wanted from a very young age to put my thoughts out into the world for them to live. And I mean, Me when too. we were little, when we were younger, the internet was, it was just picking up and YouTube was becoming more of a thing. And then I got into high school and I got really like nervous to share what I thought about the world. I didn't want to talk 
talk about um, my religious beliefs. I didn't want to talk about my ethical stances on things. I didn't want to talk about my political views. I was a little bit more open about that, but I really didn't want to talk about what I believed, even in circumstances that made sense for me to say something. Obviously, you don't want to always be preaching to people when they don't want to hear it, but this you know, and in college, I always kept telling myself, I'd listen to all these people that were free and able to put, say their peace of mind and put it out into the world. And I was like, oh, one day I'll do this. Like, oh, once I'm out of college and not in this conformity environment, then I'll, I'll start a podcast. Then I'll start a YouTube channel. Right. But no, like you have to, there's no perfect time. If you're sitting around waiting for a time, you're never going to find it. You kind of just have to be like, you know what, this could be the worst time ever. This could be, I'm not even in the mindset of it, but just do it. Because if you feel called and know that you will do it at some point or that you want to at some point, then don't wait around because that's, yeah, like we said, you know, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. No, you don't. And I mean, even though the podcast didn't start off with how, what the vision is now, it did start. And that's the most important part. And I'm sure in the next few years, the vision is going to change a lot from what we think it is now. Right. So it's, it's constantly adapting as we are growing and we're open to that, that room for that flexibility. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm just really grateful that we made that first step in our little orange house. I know. (laughs) I feel like right now, whoever's listening to this, you might, you might go, Oh, well, they just moved out of their house. Like, like everybody does that. Everyone moves. Everyone is traveling. Everybody has a house that they move out of at some point in their lives, whether it be childhood or college or apartment, et cetera. But for us, I feel like because we have stated and because we repeatedly tell each other that we never want to give this up, that we enjoy it that much and that it's helped us grow so much and that we don't see it stopping anytime soon. Um, us leaving that house, which was the birth of this and our friendship and the catalyst for at least sitting in that kitchen and starting to record, I do think that this is a big um I guess a big milestone that we don't have that anymore. So it's, we're going to enter another phase. We're so excited. Once Ella um, moves back to Arizona from Houston, which is where I'm at right now. I mean, nothing is completely set in stone, but as of right now, I think we're thinking that we want to get back in person, be in the same two feet distance with each other so we can talk Mm -hmm. and look at each other and and, Mm -hmm. um, get really into it again. (laughs) And we want to get back to our routine because we were in it for a while and um, we're going to try to keep this up throughout the summer. But I think that once, once that like August, September, those weeks roll around, we'll be in like game time, game mode. Yeah, I think we'll be in more of a routine, which will be awesome. And um, we're, and at the end of the day, we're not giving this up. It's it's come too far and it's, it's now part of who I am, so. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jordan, do you have anything else? I think we kind of went longer than I we kind of envisioned, so I apologize to our speakers. Yes, yeah, true. It's supposed to be just a, just a check-in. Just to let you guys know, we're still here, and um, we're live and to we're uh, share some ready. some final thoughts on college and Chapman, and um, yeah, Ella. Once you get that entry up, we'll definitely post something about that. Um, I'll plug it here now. I 
actually did publish one and it kind of goes a little bit more in depth on um, the move out of Orange, which was like the city where we were living. And um, mm-hmm. it's a it's definitely a testament on Orange. So it's a little bit of a different um, vibe than kind of what we've been talking about in this episode right now. But um, yeah, really good. You definitely check, check it, out. it out. It's on the website. And um, yeah, that was like definitely my final my final final farewell so and this too but i'm we're, we're yeah. we promise we'll get back to talking about more worldly things and yes and, and set please, in stone topics please comment and subscribe and like and give us some feedback and also write down some episode ideas that you guys have or like things in the news that we want to talk about honestly something mm-hmm. i've been learning a lot about recently is like the palestine Israel thing so I'm kind of like all open to whatever so please give us suggestions or me too throw it at me I I honestly love researching I love delving into something and getting into that like it's kind of like an actor preparing for a role where you get into that character you like have to train your vocab to be like speaking on whatever that is that we're focused on so yeah I'm, I'm really excited for that maybe that'll that'll be the next um game plan for whatever episodes fall in this one Yeah, well, thank you guys so much for listening and tune in next time. Thanks, guys. We miss you, but we're back. (laughs) Bye-bye.